a very big question, but when you talk about capacity, I would certainly say that um, I don't have a life like other people have a life, right? And what I mean by that is I don't have children um, and I don't uh, lead a very conventional life in, in many domains, right? I'm far away from my family, you know, they're in Austria, I'm in the States, so I don't have a lot of family obligations. I also don't have a big family, so there isn't a lot of, you know, that pull or things of that nature. And um, while I have quite a bit of responsibility and, and um, demand on my energy as far as my land goes, right, because it's not only a house that I had to rebuild, but it's an entire property. And while we were here, uh, you know, there were some storms in California and a 20-foot oak tree came down. And, you know, there's all this kind of stuff that constantly happens. Uh, animals get sick and, you know, things have to be fixed and roofs are leaking. And all of that does require some attention. But other than that, I don't have much things that require my attention. And whatever I have is seamlessly fit into my mission or my purpose. And so this is my life. And so every aspect of my life comes from that um, willingness or, or wantingness to find ways to give the things I've learned and the things I've practiced and the things that were given to me um, as, a, you know, as a gift into the world um, so that people can use it. And a big part of that certainly has clarified when my teacher died and I was given the lineage, which is something I didn't expect or wasn't actually aware of. And even after I received the lineage, it took a while till that settled. And Steve actually has been you know, massively instrumental in that um, inquiry because he would ask questions that I didn't really have answers for or that were not so pleasant around legacy and lineage. And, uh, you know, the, in a lineage, of course, you're obligated in a certain way to give the knowledge forward so it doesn't die with, with me, right? Which is a pretty damn scary thing to think about. Um, that, that's, that's what's happening. So there is that as a, as a kind of a through line. And also, I've dedicated essentially my entire life to this, the development of this work. So that is what drives me uh, very much. And then I think the other thing that drives me or that's, that's part of the mission is to make it such that it's available to people regardless of where they are in their lives and regardless of their circumstances um, you know, of, of inquiry. And uh, that's what gives me the capacity on one end, like the heart capacity. But physically speaking, that's just something I acquired by relentless doing. Like there's never a moment where I'm not doing it. And um, that's hard for some people to understand because they somehow think, uh, you know, we rock up here and we just do this, but there's everything that comes with it that's all-consuming day and night essentially and that took some relaxing and widening and practicing and 
and um, creating systems and um, you know saying yes over and over and over and over even though I want to say no right uh, on occasion meaning I don't always like to get up in the morning uh, even with all my mission in place and whatever there's days where I would rather not go to work right but the, that's where the heart comes in and that's where kind of my thrust towards fulfilling my brief, so to speak, in life um, comes. So um, I would certainly want my work to ha like be my legacy and, and particularly you know, nonlinear and everything that comes with that be something that helps people long after I'm gone. So that's, my, that, that's what gets me out. You know, out of the bed in the morning. So, these are very, very personal and specific questions that um, are hard to answer because I'm in, you know, I'm inside me, so to speak. So I can tell you a few things that allow for grounding while you're pursuing your mission, and that is, of course, you know, one of the things we did here very strongly was knowing what where the heart points, right? And then uh, being able to align your mind and your heart and know when to override the body, so to speak, and when not to. And that's a super important thing, right? It's like short-term gratification, long-term gratification. And when you are having, you know, kind of a, a, a motion towards your kind of legacy, whatever that is, there is a fair share of, of foregoing short-term gratification. But what that means in, in general um, is that you then have to kind of come back around, right? So for instance, it's like get up, right, in the morning, get up. I don't want to get up, right? My body doesn't feel like doing this. That happens, right? So you do the thing that needs to be done. But then when that's on the way, you come back around and you give the, the body, mind, heart something that's worthwhile having sacrificed for. And that's a really interesting process to figure out what that is for you. For me, that's animals and, and nature and my garden and... Um, that's essentially when it really boils down to any time I lose grounding, I go into nature or I connect with animals or I connect when I'm home, of course, my animals. And so I constantly kind of circle around the things that are, are to me the things that make this all worth it. And I, I remind myself of that. Even if I'm not around, I remind myself of that via ritual, so a very specific daily ritual that even if I don't have a lot of time to practice, I do no matter what. And that always kind of puts a pin in um, as I go along, so I'm not martyring myself. And um, that's not to say that there isn't sometimes moments where I do fall into that right? and then complain bitterly. Um, and uh, then, you know, I snap back out of it, hopefully. And, and the way I typically snap back out of it, for me, because that's how I'm built, this is not true for everyone, is relationship, right? I'm, I'm very deeply relational, maybe not in a conventional way, meaning I don't have a massive social circle because 
of travel and stuff, but there's people in my lives that are very important to me in my life, not only intimate, but um, you know, extended, that I um, anchor for and with. And then when that, when I feel like I'm in the construct of, you know, kind of pulling on the same string or being on the same page with those people and within the construct, then I can pretty much deal with anything. Yeah. So, and as far as the lineage goes, yes, that is an active, um, you know, uh, inquiry. That's one of the reasons we started the study group, so people can go uh, into the lineage material and see if they want to deepen in that realm and in that in the study group context. I've, I teach also the practices of my lineage, just deity, yoga, devotional, merging, you know, those kind of things. And so um, that's actively happening all the time, where there's people um, coming and applying themselves in the context of um, a, a deeper inquiry. So, and that's available to, you know, and anyone who wants to dive in there. And then, as it was with my teacher, you, you'll see how long, you know, if, if that's for you by how long you stick around, essentially. Well, in the moment of being pregnant, like you are right now, right, you have an enormous opportunity, obviously, because while um, that's the only way human beings at this point, right, are being born or, or grown, um, it's also the most, it's the most natural and the most magnificent thing ever, right? And you know that you already have a child, so you know what that's like to have to essentially produce a being uh, out of you know a bunch of cells, and then that being grows and becomes a full human being. And in the moment of pregnancy, like in no other moment in, in the way you are going to interact with your children, you actually have direct influence on your children. Right? Mm -hmm. And you do so by the neurotransmitters that your brain or your body transmits, which um, I, I don't know if you know that, that uh, every, every human inherits the breath patterns of their mother. Yes. So, yeah. So that's, that's the breath pattern you pick up, you know, in, in, in her body, and that's the one you're born with. And so um, you have the, the, the opportunity to have positive effects simply by your level of embodiment and your level of um, positive regard. And at the same time, you know, shit happens. We can't all be Buddhas all the time. And it's not your responsibility to not engage in life at all so that you don't cause any drama on your unborn child, right? It's life and, and your, your child will experience life however life needs to be experienced. I would just want to say that because otherwise we get into some weird territory. But there is positive things you can do. And one of the things you can, of course, do is make sure that your body is moving and, you know, nourished and that you get sleep and that you get sunlight and that you have um, positive regard for yourself and your child and, you know, your environment. That you can do. Everything else is, you know, 
out of our hands in a certain way. Um, and then from there, I think this brings us back to what I just said, um, the understanding that the body and, and the way humans work um, is still required to live and that it's not okay essentially to just live in front of a screen and park your child in front of a screen and you know all of those kind of things the the active uh, engagement with a child is more and more now proven to be the thing that allows kids to thrive right there's like now huge studies done on what happens when kids don't get to move their bodies as much as they should uh, which produces um, ADHD and other things. There's a direct correlation between daily physical movement and attention deficit. Uh, so that's just something to consider. Well, I'll, let, let me try and spell it out uh, so that it's useful for anyone because we all have certain tendencies, right? So there's a few strategies for um, relationship and one of the strategies for relationship as Steve is saying is you find somebody who wants you and because you know you might feel like you're not that wantable or lovable or whatever right you want you find somebody who wants you and then you're doing all the things that can be done to make that person the person that you would really want and um, in the process, you kind of give up more and more of yourself because you're pouring all your skill and all your uh, know-how and all your, you know, support into that person. And then somehow you expect that they will be eternally grateful when you've finished the last coat of paint on that apartment. Then you will move in and you'll live happily ever after. But in, let's say, 99 out of 100 people like that, the reason they're a mess in the first place is because no amount of paint and stucco and plumbing uh, fixes the thing that's happening underneath, which is a bottomless pit. And I used to run a drug rehab for four years in the early 2000s, and it was... Um, stool diagnosis drug rehab with severe abuse in, in, you know, in the history of people. And the thing that was striking was the bottomless pit that was underneath the, the addiction. Right? So even if people would stop drinking or using drugs, that the filling of that hole and the need for attention from others and the need for input from others was so intense that there was absolutely no way to ever fill that. So you get into the spiral of essentially trying to fill a bottomless pit uh, with the idea that when you have filled the bottomless pit or when you fixed up the, the, the leaky roof, then things would be okay. But of course, that never happens. So you're constantly spiraling in what is often called a codependent relationship of um, getting a, a, like let's say a short-term payoff, but in the long-term constant paying out more and loss, right? So once you're in that spiral, you can't get out because you've invested so much that now you don't wanna leave. And also you get fed just enough to continue. 
which is one of those really shit things, right? It's like you, you go, okay, I'm in this far. I'm going to get out. And then you get just enough that you go, oh, yeah, this is how it will be when it's all done and you keep on going. So you're essentially, you know, kind of uh, having, you know, feeding somebody you, out of your uh, best vein. Um, and just when you're about to bleed out, they'll give you something to replenish you enough. Right? And that's a common pattern. And um, there is a whole, uh, you can, there's lots of literature on this. I don't know where you picked it up. Maybe it's epigenetic, right? It's, uh, there's a whole uh, catalog of literature around the adult children of alcoholics or of addicts and how that's something that gets trained in a child early on, the need to, on one end, be finely attuned to the parents in the beginning for somebody's need and then essentially get into that cycle of fixing things but never really succeeding so trying harder and so on and so on and so on so it's a pattern that's fairly prevalent and can come from all different kinds of things now you are right when you say I need to provide for myself but that's not to say that you couldn't have other people contribute to you but you have to essentially get high on your own supply, so to speak, instead of bleeding out to somebody else, right? So meaning you have to withdraw that fixing up, feeding potential um, energy and put it on yourself so that it doesn't immediately, like a knee jerk, bleed out to the first person who wants it. And so that self-containment then allows other people to go, here, let me help you with this. And it's not a tit for a tat, which is what you get roped into, right? You somehow think you will get support by giving support, but that's not how it works. Uh, it's essentially you give yourself so much support that you're full, and then you don't leak that fullness out for some temporary gratification. And then when you don't no longer leak that fullness out for temporary gratification, a full human, however you want to describe that, conscious man sounds like somebody who's just, who's alive, right? <laughs> I think, I think we can go a bit deeper there. We have a mutual friend who uh, uh, would always say, well, I'll show you a conscious man, put a mirror under his nose. If it fogs up, he's conscious, <laughs> right? So it goes deeper than that, essentially, by saying a full human being, right, a full human being, who can then, from an abundance of uh, ability, give to you versus from a lack. So another way of saying that is you're not hooked into that cycle of need and dependency. So how do you get there? Well, you withdraw the support to others and put that on yourself and at the same time as much as you can accept the support of others without reciprocating uh, in that cycle vicious cycle way all right so if aj says you you seem you know you, you it seems like the only way to ground you right now is to give you a bit of a neck massage you don't immediately go oh yeah Things, but can I massage your feet while you do that? Or some, you know, some, well, that wouldn't work, but you know what I mean. Um, if you don't do that, but you just allow that to be there, 
you don't have to hook that person and that person can't hook you. Now, the bad news is that you're probably uh, used to associating being hooked with uh, erotic excitement. So you're gonna have temporary loss of erotic excitement, but that's well worth the, the sacrifice, I think. Yeah. It, you, we can pretty much assume that any time you get like this, mm, it's because somebody hooked you or you hooked somebody. I know, but it, it can be done. It's just a, a bit of discipline. Yeah. Or at least a beat before you act so you know what you're doing. Well, the first thing um, is certainly through the body, right? And certainly doing lots of somatic practice, nonlinear as well as other things. Um, you're going back to Europe, right? There's an amazing modality that's uh, offered all over Europe called the Grinberg Method. Um, there's also an offshoot now called Pantaray. I can send that out in the email. And there's uh, incredible practitioners um, where you essentially have somebody trace the remnants of these patterns through your body and work with them. And in addition to just, you know, free form, nonlinear, that's super useful if you have something that's very deeply ingrained or very old. Uh, I've done loads and loads of it over the years uh, myself, and I found it probably the single most important rewiring the nervous system uh, thing that somebody else can do to you. you know, it's always good to have nonlinear as the thing you can always do for yourself, but that's, they're very, very uh, trained. They have four years of studies. It's not like one of those things you know, where people show up, do it, and then they have to do massive amounts of practice because it's so precise. So that would be the first thing to do. And then the second thing would be to look at the patterns or the habits that have formed in relationship out of that. Um, and you said that, you know, you say inability to settle. Well, guess what? The only way to reform your inability to settle is to settle. You know, come hell or high water. And I'm not saying settling for a mate. I'm talking settling in a place and just sticking it out when all that stuff shows up. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, you can't do any other way than by doing. Yeah. Certain of these patterns can only be reframed by actively being in the inquiry and then noticing what crops up in the inquiry. Noticing what crops up when you get bored or when you don't like the place anymore or when all the other opportunities show up that make you want to pick up you know, the tent and uh, have the caravan move on and all of those kind of things and, and give yourself a time. That's not to say that you have to stay there forever and ever and ever, but give yourself a time and in that time come hell or high water. Don't deviate from that. You know, from that root and work out anything that shows up in that domain while you're doing it, which is the only way to do it, unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah. But I would definitely do some, you know, full-on body work. Yeah.